Welcome to the Stream Roots Podcast, where you'll learn how God's unchanging truth can be applied in our ever-changing world. Through conversations with pastors and ministry leaders, you'll be encouraged, equipped, and challenged in your walk with Christ. Stream Roots is designed for pastors and leaders in the church, but is helpful for all people. And now your host, Pastor Mark Pospisil. So glad to have you join us for this episode on Pastoring Through Tragedy. With me is my friend and producer of Stream Roots, the John Blosser. John, welcome. Thanks, Mark. Good to be here. <laughs> How's everything going? Good, man. Just, uh, you know, enjoying the weather. It's got our first snowfall in Michigan that actually stuck to the ground. So me and my son, Asher, fired up the the snowblower just to get off the, uh, just shake the dust off. And uh, it was fun. We had a good time. Good. Good, good, good. All right, today we have a special guest for this episode. Joining us is Pastor David Huffman from Redeemer 30A Church in Destin, Florida. It's a church he planted about seven years ago. Uh, Dave and I also went to Moody Bible Institute together, uh, where we had a lot of really good competitive sports against each other. Uh, (laughs) Dave won a lot of those, but I had my victories as well. But Dave, welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, can you share a little bit about your family and ministry? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, my wife and I, we uh, live here in uh, Santa Rosa Beach, which is right next to Destin, Florida. Um, we have three kids at home, nine, six, and one. We have a four-month-year-old, uh, four-month-old puppy named Luca. And we uh, have been in full-time ministry. I have been for eighteen years in various positions, but uh, followed God's call and direction uh, seven years ago to plant down here uh, in right by my wife's hometown. Um, and we planted our current church, Redeemer 30A. So it's been it's been a fun ride, both as a family, but as a church, too. Awesome. And the white sandy beaches of Destin, Florida. What a great spot over there. That's right. It's beautiful. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, let's jump into our discussion. Uh, I want to read for us from Psalm 23. Psalm 23. This is what... God's word says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is one of the most beloved chapters in the Bible. It brings comfort and assurance that we have a good shepherd who will walk with us through everything. Before we are called to shepherd and care for others, we are first shepherded and cared for by the Lord Jesus Christ. We are sheep before we are shepherds. We can never forget or operate outside of that reality. Personally, I often go back to Psalm 23, especially when facing difficulties and hardships and uncertainties. These promises are anchors for my soul and our souls because in this world we'll face troubles. We will go through things we never expected or anticipated and some things we quite frankly can't handle. Pastors and ministry leaders are not immune to suffering. We will face trials and even tragedy. How do you shepherd others when you are in need of shepherding and soul care? How do you stay in ministry when you're facing tragedy? In what ways does the Holy Spirit comfort us in our suffering? 
We're going to answer these questions and more on this episode of Stream Roots. So Dave, can you share how you experienced the Lord's shepherding of your soul and your family during a time of personal tragedy? Yeah, yeah. I I really uh, appreciate uh, how you just unpacked Psalm 23, by the way, and just how you mentioned we are sheep before we are shepherds. And uh, uh, that is a, that is so true. And it is something that um, we can, we can say with our mouth, but it is a different thing when you learn to experience it uh, through mm. tragedy and, and pain. And so um, that's something that happened with my wife and I too. So we, uh, like I said, we've been in ministry for a while. I've been in, uh, um, uh, we planted this church seven years ago and just like a typical church plant there's highs there's lows there's difficulties um there was some increasingly difficult uh relational dynamics already at play uh in in our life for a few years but then um we we as our family were just seeking to be faithful we just want to be faithful um with what the lord has given us and and where he has placed us and planted us and um i've been so thankful for our, our time here at at, at at Redeemer here down in Santa Rosa Beach, but the uh, something happened uh, that was fairly devastating to us uh, in 2018. We uh, we found that we were pregnant with our third child, um, and we were really excited about it. Um, and uh, our church knew, everybody knew, and it was just kind of exciting. We we having a we found out we were having a boy um but in december of 2018 uh, i got a phone call from my wife while i was at a staff meeting church um with our staff and um it rang twice you know the whole hey if, it, if you call twice that means i gotta answer it <laughs> type of thing so i i stepped out of the staff meeting answered the phone and it was my wife who was crying uh and it was pretty uncontrollable and so i knew immediately that there was a problem and so i didn't know how to uh, i didn't know how to get to the bottom of it without just saying hey is it about the baby and uh she all she could say is yes and i i didn't know what was happening so uh i she got through her tears and said um edward syndrome and that's all she said i didn't know what that meant so i put her on speaker and i was in the parking lot and i uh started googling edward syndrome and uh, i uh, my my eyes kind of scanned across google and what what it said and the first thing that really popped up was uh fatal mm. and so what i would come to understand is that and learn is that edward syndrome is is something called trisomy uh, 18 which is a chromosomal abnormality uh that our son had he it was uh is a and it is not compatible with life uh, is what they tell us. And so um, um, it was just something that was as devastating for my wife at the moment and myself. I started crying and went in, grabbed my bag and uh, uh, told told the staff, um, you know, something's not right. Um, and uh, then I went outside and my wife picked me up and we went to the bay and just looked at the water and cried and prayed and read scripture and called friends who are doctors or pediatricians of what 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 is this what is this and so uh ultimately it got down to the uh ultimately we ended up getting to the place of of 
going to a specialist and the specialist confirmed what we uh, feared that uh, our, our son had trisomy 18. We hadn't named him yet, but we knew that we wanted to. So we ended up naming him John Levi. And uh, this was uh, uh, about four months prior to his birth date. And so he was uh, still alive in December. Um, everything was like we, we thought everything was normal. Uh, but um, but when we went, when we came home from the specialist, we just knew without a shadow of doubt that uh, he um, was not expected to live. And so that just set us on this just crazy uh, spin um, emotionally, mentally, uh, spiritually. Uh, we, we, we kind of it was really disorienting for us. Um, I think we as pastors at times start to preach, we preach so regularly that um, things happen and we just need to cling to the Lord. But it's another thing when you're walking through it and the same questions that you counsel people through are the ones that you start to have yourself. Um, Like, why is this happening? Why did this happen? Um, Is there something wrong with me? Is there something that I did that caused this to happen? And all these questions that I counsel people regularly through their tragedies, I was facing and I didn't even have answers to. <laughs> um, so it was a it was a really disorienting uh, season. Um, and yet the Lord was gracious to us and um, and provided some leadership and care uh, through other people. He, he did it through his word. Uh, those four months uh, leading up to the birth of John Levi were some of the darkest moments in our personal life. But at the same time, if I'm looking back, they were, he, he just carried us all the way through it. Um, and there were times where I didn't preach, I couldn't preach, but at the same time, there's other times where I could. And so it was really a roller coaster ride, but uh, God really ministered to our family well. And um <clears throat> And uh, in April of of 2019, uh, we uh, had a C-section scheduled in, for John Levi, and he was still alive, and we weren't sure what was going to happen. The doctor said that if a baby is born with trisomy 18, there's a potential that he could uh, live, but um, they don't normally live beyond a year, and they're always in... Um, needing 100% care, like hospice care. And uh, so he would be bedridden, et cetera. And so we didn't really know what to do, but we also knew truths. We knew truths that we've preached. We knew knew truths that were preached and and, then prayed over us that that God is good and he's a a healer. And if anything could happen, um, we know that God could do it. Um, if our that he could heal John Levi, and so I was going into that uh, operating room fully believing that he could heal, um, and uh, but also trusting him if he didn't. So uh, those four months leading up to it really got us to that place because I, I think it um, that was a grace to us because some people uh, go into those moments unexpecting, uh, not knowing that tragedy is about ready to hit. We had four months of a dark wrestling time in order to lead up to that that day. But during that day, uh, well, we uh, the baby was uh, um, was born. John Levi came out and he was three pounds, 
and he was uh, kind of purplish. Uh, he's a little disfigured, as is common with trisomy uh, 18. But uh, the nurses, the doctor, everybody got really quiet because they assumed that he was going to pass really soon. Um, and I just looked over at my wife. Um, they gave him to my wife, and she just started crying and saying, Jesus loves you. Uh, Jesus loves you. I'm so sorry about this. This is it's not how it's supposed to be. Uh, but God loves you, and you'll see him soon. Um, really difficult moment for us as a couple. Uh, but he uh, he just kept turn, turning more and more purple. Before he passed, um, the nurses said, hey, let's just uh, let, let the dad hold him. So they handed him to me, and uh, I'm a, uh, I just, I love music. And so I just started crying, and I started singing. Uh, I started singing songs that came to my mind. And as I, as I was singing, I remember I was singing the song by Carrie Job, um, Healer. I, I, I believe that you're my healer. And, uh, and I believe that you're all I need. I was just singing that song. And amazingly, miraculously, uh, John Levi started to breathe and he started to get a little flush and uh, um, to everybody's surprise. And so they ended up <clears throat> after about 10, 15 minutes when they were assuming he was going to pass, they, they transitioned us into a room where we could spend uh, as long as we possibly could with him. And uh, it was by God's grace, we got to spend seven hours uh, of the day with uh, with John Levi before he slipped away to be with Christ. And uh, it was uh, difficult and uh, and it was a breaking moment, lots of tears. And yet the Lord shepherded us through it. Uh, scripture was one of the first things that I could think of when I'm thinking, how did the Lord shepherd our souls through through his word and particularly the Psalms. So the, the Lord just kept bringing Psalms, both the four months up to the day of, and then the years that followed this tragedy, uh, just the scriptures just kept coming to our mind, particularly Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that's higher than I, for you have been my refuge a strong tower against the enemy and let me dwell in your tent forever let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings mm. my wife my wife thought a lot about psalm 77 there's psalms of the ascent psalm 119 there's so many psalms in particular that came to our mind and i i think and i was i always loved the psalms but they came they they gave me the freedom to really express what i felt um like where are you god uh we are in this dark spot i don't know where you're at and um they even put to words the way the things that we didn't know how to express and so yeah i love that the lord really ministered to us through the, his word um through others our church uh really rallied around us the four months leading up uh the day of and the years that follow because the day of our church was there there was there was 40 people in the prayer chapel downstairs during uh, John Levi's birth from our church. And they were just praying. And it was such a ministry to myself, my wife, my family, also the nurses and doctors. Um, they came around with acts of service and love. And I know the Lord used them. Our youth group came and cleaned our house. Uh, 
they gave the elders of our church gave gave us time off for grief so i took a, um, a month off of, of work after john levi passed and then i i didn't start preaching again another month after that so it was the lord was so gracious with the people he put in our life and um and truthfully i think he's still shepherding me through it uh, i've i started counseling uh with a with the counselor a biblical counselor uh that may and uh i'm still meeting with him uh, a lot less frequently now but uh i'm still meeting with him so the lord is still guiding myself and my wife even though it's been uh yeah three years yeah thanks for sharing that dave and uh and just being vulnerable and sharing your story and what you had to go through and um i love what you said when i could I couldn't preach, but God was faithful. And uh, so, so think about this. In what ways did the Lord change you as you were walking through the valley of the shadow of death? How, how was God changing you in those the, this personal tragedy? Yeah, so I mean, he changed me in multiple ways. I, I think internally uh, and personally, uh, uh, I, I grew in my patience in my compassion and my grace and my dependence upon him. Um, I think I was, I've always operated uh, fairly independently. I'm an, kind of an independent dude. Uh, and, and yet this was a moment of complete dependency on him. I, I couldn't fix anything. I couldn't fix trisomy 18. I couldn't fix how my wife was devastated. I couldn't fix our family. I, I, I couldn't even fix normal things that I would think I could at church. And it really reoriented and, 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 and put in perspective the fact that without God, I can do nothing. There, there's nothing I can do um, as a husband or a father or a pastor. Um, and so utter dependence upon him through the valley of the shadow of death. And uh, I think that that's a right posture, a good posture. I also grew in my urgency with the gospel, realizing mm -hmm. how brief life is, um, that it's a vapor. And I want to take every avenue and effort that I possibly can um, to to share the gospel with uh, with people um, in, in good times and in tragedy times. And another thing, he's, he's changed my family. Uh, during the four months leading up to John Levi's birth, uh, during the walk, that was a valley <laughs> during that time. Yeah. I clung to my family. Now I've, I've always been into athletics and outdoors and all that stuff. And I've never liked video games, but my son loved playing Mario. And so I just started playing Mario with him for four months. <laughs> uh, and, and that's like a big deal for me because I hate video games, but uh, we just spent so much time as a family. Uh, we, we, uh, and the truth is it's, it's shaped. This, that season has ultimately shaped how I view my family, how I need to be a minister to my family, uh, that they're not uh, ancillary to our, our ministry, but they are my primary ministry. And so uh, I've, I've reoriented and shaped how am I going to be spending time with them uh, during the work week? How am I going to prioritize them uh, throughout the year? And so that's been another change that I've, that I've noticed. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I think C.S. Lewis said it right. God whispers to us in our pleasure, but shouts to us in our pain, and He uses that as as a way to sanctify us and grow us, like Job, and change yeah. us. And 
and saying and showing us too that he he's all we need. Like he's enough. He is enough. Uh, yeah. And, and the utter dependence. Uh, you know, we want to be self-sufficient. We, we think we can do stuff, but it's like, well, I, I can't fix any of this. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, these moments show us these things like Job. Okay. I love that. Uh, so how do you pastor others when you need pastoring for your own life? You know, uh, I'm really glad to hear you have a really healthy church, good elder board. They give you time off. Those are important things for grief. Yes. Uh, but you, you got to go back in the saddle. You know what I mean? So how do you pastor yeah. others? when you're facing this tragedy and you needed pastoring and you still do, right? And there's nothing wrong. With, that's good. That's healthy. You're, you you got a good counselor who can invest in you. We need pastors need to be pastored. So, so how do you do that? Well, yeah. or how have you done that? Well, yeah, well, I think it goes back to what you said at the very beginning about we are sheep before we're shepherds. And, um, the best thing that I could think of <laughs> was, um, I just need to, I, I I need to I need to be a sheep in in a lot of these moments, um, and allow some of the other sheep to to care for me too, um, and uh, that was that was awesome because in a way that's how I led our church was saying hey now it's your turn to care for me, <laughs> and it's amazing that they did. There's yeah. so many people that stepped in and and did that for, for us. Um, they walked with us and took care of us and prayed over us. A lot of people didn't even know how to talk to us, to be honest. They 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 just looked at us and smiled and <laughs> they didn't know they didn't know how to deal with it. Uh-huh. Um, and it was also just trying to be transparent and authentic. Uh, Haley and I, I I love that about my wife. She doesn't fake anything. Um, she's not going to fake uh, or bootstrap her way into joy. Um, if she's sad, it's going to be evident. And she was uh, very honest about it. And so was I, um, I, I wasn't really sure how to process some of my feelings. Um, and even immediately after John Levi passed and, uh, I was coming back into work, I, I didn't have as much time to grieve as I thought I would in the sense of like, there were so many needs that needed to be met right afterwards, both in my family, with my extended family. There's so many things I had to take care of my kids and all that. Um, and so I'm still kind of I still feel senses of grief here and there, but um, the, just being authentic and uh, not faking anything, that's how God really, I, I think, used me, uh, not just not just as a sheep, but also as a shepherd and a, and a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and also stepping into people's spaces, uh, when, even when I'm hurting, knowing that the Lord will use what we went through in order to care for and comfort others. So, like second Corinthians one, right. Uh, it, it, it was so, I didn't, I never thought of how true it was until we went through it, but blessed be the God and father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our trouble so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. And so because of that, even while I'm suffering and struggling, I'm stepping into places uh, in people's lives where they're suffering too, albeit it's different, um, maybe suffering in their marriage or suffering in their job or suffering for relational reasons or, or, some, or, or some are health issues. But, but stepping into those moments and saying, hey, I'm, I'm here. I don't need to provide any solutions. I'm not the solution. 
Um, I just need to provide presence and just let you know I'm here. And uh, in doing so, the Lord really shepherded our entire church. Uh, I, I hadn't thought about that as much. I always thought about being there and providing good answers and pointing to the scriptures. And I was always going to the hospitals and all that. But but really seeing people in everyday life and asking those harder questions, uh, how's this going for real? And stepping into it, um, that, that was great. And, you know, the Lord ended up using even our very particular situation in a, in our body. So a year after John Levi. So we're, you know, we're still dealing with some stuff emotionally and internally, but I get a phone call early morning, like five in the morning from our, our youth director, a guy who was leading our youth group. They, they're, they were in labor at home and their, their child passed. Um, and they were at the ER and she was on in the ICU. Um, they were trying to stop bleeding and all that. I, I, had, I immediately went to the hospital. They let me into the ICU, and this is during COVID, but they let me in, and I went in, and uh, she, they were just crying, and, and, and they kept saying over and over again that um, they saw the Lord bring Haley and I through John Levi. They know that they can go through that as well with God's help. Hmm. And, then a, and then a year after that, another another person in our church lost their child prematurely and um and uh in the hospital they said the same thing you know they mentioned a number of times john levi so god's word is right and true and he he seems to be the one doing the pastoring so it's not it's not tips and tricks that i could do uh, how do i pastor when i'm suffering i've noticed that the shepherd is the shepherd and he shepherds through me whether I'm in a tragedy or not, um, I just need to be available and step into those spaces. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's kind of like the ministry of presence, right? Uh, just yeah. being there. And, and like you said, in second Corinthians one, and blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who comforts us so that, you know, and that word comfort is repeated so many times and we can comfort those mm-hmm. with the comfort we received. And uh, yeah, that makes total sense. You don't have to have all the answers, but just being there and, and, and that ministry of the presence or, Hey, God was faithful to us. He's going to be faithful to you. Um, yeah, that makes total mm-hmm. sense. John, you look like you got a thought there. No thoughts, just taking it all in. Mm. All right, Dave. So how can you encourage anybody listening right now? That's facing tragedy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think I think all that that you just said is a big part of it is if you're allowing the comfort of the Holy Spirit to wash you first. Um, I some of those questions that were going through my mind when we first heard about John Levi, and it it took me about three months to really, really get to the heart of it in my heart was, you know, why is this stuff happening? Why is this happening? Um, uh, And scripturally speaking, I mean, there's a lot of platitudes that people offer. I, I learned that quick. Like people offer a lot of platitudes, lighthearted. They're trying to be nice. They're trying to be like, oh, you know, it's, uh, you know, and, and they even use scripture. You know, God works together all things for good for those who love them. I'm like, yeah, bro, but how does that help me <laughs> um, in, in the here and now? Does that make sense? I'm not yeah. totally scripture or anything, but um, I'm no, saying totally. people just, 
they don't really know how to how to respond to some of these things. And I didn't really either. But what I learned was there are scripturally just really a, two reasons why people would uh, why why something like this happens. Um, and it's really easy to discount one which, uh, often like would people discount it probably. And I think that's fair to discount it. But the first one is, is there sin in my life? And is this a result of my sin? So regardless of whatever the tragedy is or suffering or struggle, there could be I could be dealing with consequences of my sin. Is there sin in my life? And, and I had a lot of people, oh, well, that's that. No, that that's never the case. Well, it, it has been the case. I mean, we see David and Bathsheba and the loss of their child because of David's sin. Um, so it's okay to say and, and evaluate yourself in the midst of a dark time and say, is this a consequence of my sin? Not, not necessarily that it's punitive, not that the God's punishing or all that, um, but, but is there, is there, is there sin, hidden sin in my life that needs to be exposed? Um, and then the second reason, which I think is the predominant reason in, in, in these moments is that God sovereignly sees fit that we would walk through a season of grief and tragedy for his glory. And I, that, and that's the best answer that I could think of is, okay, um, that, that's what we see with Job. And like in, in, in my life, I didn't, unlike Job, I didn't need friends to ask me, hey, what did you do in order for this to happen? I, I, I did that all on my own. <laughs> uh, but the Lord brought me through that question when I realized, okay, there's not, there's not like a particular hidden sin in my life. So the Lord, who is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, he saw fit that that my family would walk through a dark season for his glory. And I will never know all the reasons why, um, but all I need to know is who he is. And so if I have any encouragement for anybody, whether there would be a loss of a child like, like ours or, or facing a, a bad diagnosis or uh, a, a child that has abandoned the family or any kind various kinds of trials is to not not get bogged down in the why question but get bogged down more in the who question and who is god and who he has proven himself to be faithful for generations will he stop now uh, he, he is he he has never stopped being faithful um to us and so that would be that would be one of the things that I would I would say is cling to that. Also, um, uh, cling to the people that God put around you, and know that and give them the give them the ability to an opportunity to minister to to you. My my tendency, my so my temptation when we found out was why do I need it? Like uh, I I was just, people were going to find out. I knew that, but. I wasn't going to do anything special or anything like that for our church to know, but our elders were saying, no, you got to actually get up front and tell the church. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, why? Everybody goes through this. It's no big deal. I, I try to like minimize it. I try to move past it, but, but they're like, no, you need to do this. And so, uh, I, we did, we went up front in at the end of December and we shared what was happening in our life. And we asked for prayer and, um, we allowed them to step into our space uh, of of tragedy. And so that would be another thing. The Lord, he made us a communal people and we need to lean on one another. We need to lean on our, 
uh, fellow elders. We need to lean on our, our, our spouses at times. We need to lean on the people that you think are probably more spiritually immature. <laughs> but the mm-hmm. Lord, the the Lord has been so gracious of bringing truth and grace through the conduit of immature people at times in my life. People who are brand new Christians sometimes said the most profound things to me, and I was like, "Wow, praise God!" So, opening yourself up, obviously not just for the Lord to do some work and pruning in our hearts and and drawing us to remember Him, but opening ourselves up to those around us too. Yeah. I love it. I love that. That's really good. I think too, I th- and there's permission to lament. Lament is so uh, central to a lot of the Bible. There's a whole book of the Bible called Lamentations. And I love that you got to go in front of your church and share those things. And I, I want to just real quick here, share a story about a guy named William Brownlow. I don't know if you guys ever heard of William Brownlow, him and his wife, Elizabeth had 19 children together. That's a lot of kids. Yeah, just wow. a little. That's before twenty and counting or whatever it is, right? Jeez. But uh, but you know uh, their story though. Thir- Thirteen of their children actually died. Some periods Whoa. of life were I know particularly tragic. In just eight years, in just eight years, in from eighteen thirty eight to eighteen forty six, they had seven children. All of them, Thomas, Francis, Benjamin, George, James, Maria, and Anne, died in a row. The parents' heartbreak of was obvious when he wrote in his diary, Thou, O God, God has broken me asunder and shaken me to pieces. And so they had these 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 times of tragedy uh, and lamenting and and but they ha- they maintained their hope because of the resurrection of Jesus. And so they didn't lose their faith. Wow. They worked, you know, God worked through those things. They were so uh, almost accustomed to tragedy, but it didn't make it any easier. Uh, but they knew because of the resurrection. Uh, they lament, but they lament it with hope uh, because it's not the end of the story. So uh, the, the grave isn't the end of the story. Mm. Amen. That's so true. That's, you know, that's a, that's a, that's another thing that I, I feel like is so important to remember is like in, in Psalm 119, uh, talk, uh, the, the psalmist is over and over again, re- relying on the, on the the word of god talking about the word uh but he says my eyes long for your promise i ask when will you comfort me and i'm thinking about the ideas of your eyes and vision and getting that eternal perspective and so i I pray for vision regularly lord give me vision not just like a typical way that we as pastors think about vision we say hey I want to have vision to, you know, plant this church or preach this or, or or minister to our community. But it's really just vision to see. I want to see with the eyes that God has. I want to see our perspective with an eternal one. And like what you just said, that there's there's life beyond the grave, and there's there's glory beyond the suffering. And so that's another thing I would probably encourage people is is pray for vision, uh, eyes to see your situation the way that God would have us. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. All right. Hey, Dave, thank you for your time and insight. You're sharing your story here. Any good resources you could recommend for us? Yeah. Um, well, uh, uh, obviously the Psalms, like I said, (laughs) I think that those, that's really good. Uh, but, uh, uh, dark clouds, uh, deep mercy, uh, by Mark, Virgo, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. <laughs> the dark clouds, deep mercy. 
uh, was one that was very helpful to us. Uh, another one, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering by Tim Keller. Yeah, that's an excellent one. Um, really good one. Safe in the Arms of God. That was a particular one for, that's by John MacArthur, but that was a particular one for our specific situation. But those are those are great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are great. Those are excellent books. Yeah, man. All right. Well, hey, thank you for your time again and being here was, uh, and sharing your story. It was, it was really, really encouraging and uh, comforting. So let me sign off here. Stream Roots is a production of Barnabas Ministries. You can learn more at BarnabasMinistriesMI.org. That's BarnabasMinistriesMI.org. Stream Roots, drawing deep from the living water of God's Word. <laughs>